So, uh, welcome to Plugged In Chat of Kent, your business podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew, work in economic development. I'm here. We have a, a bit of a special day today going on talking about local media, in particular print local media. Um, I say print, it's an evolution of print. It's a little more than just print. But um, uh, I wanted to touch on a bit of history, talking about uh, the print media history of things. And looking back, I uh, was doing a little research. Halifax Gazette was Canada's first paper in 1752 uh, so we're talking about an industry that's been around for a very long time has a uh, an excellent heritage to it um, it's also been one that's been through some major shifts uh, as communication has come about and changed and the advent of things like radio uh, <laughs> the advent of all of these different things that are out there um, one thing that I believe is essential um, to any community is having uh, a strong local media presence um, uh, and, and well-informed and engaged media, uh, essentially, uh, especially. Um, and uh, on that note, I'm joined by two uh, experts, uh, two local experts um, in, in media. Um, if you want to go around the table, we'll start here. Sure. Hi, my name is Aaron Rodriguez. I'm the media sales manager for Post Media here in Chatham, representing the Chatham Daily News, Wallsburg Courier Press and Chatham Kent this week. Wonderful. And? I'm Bruce Corcoran. I'm the general manager of the Chatham Boys. Thanks for both being here. I really appreciate uh, getting your perspectives and, and talking about uh, local media. Uh, we're going to talk about radio and some other things next week, but uh, today I'm really glad to have, uh, have both of you here. Um, I, uh, oh, just to, also in my notes, uh, I wanted to mention that we did invite uh, Blenheim News Tribune, and I uh, have a letter from uh, Pete over there who apologized that he couldn't be here today. Um, reached out to Tilbury Times, uh, Thamesville Herald, um, and uh, some of the others around the area, and they unfortunately either couldn't make it or time didn't allow. Uh, for some reason, it sounds like people are really busy, have busy lives. I don't know, but I appreciate <laughs> you making time to be here. Um, yeah, so, so that's awesome. Um, so I'm going to dive right into it uh, because I've come up with some questions. And um, uh, the first one is uh, maybe uh, we'll start this way if that's okay and then sure. we'll go around. Uh, what's your vision? Uh, what, what, what are your visions for local media? What are some of your goals for, the, for local media for, for talking uh, around this area? Chatting okay. Here. So first off, I wanted to say thanks again for the opportunity to join this panel oh. and, and have this conversation. I think it's great to have the opportunity to highlight the importance of local media. And you know, to, to play off of your first question, it, it's really critical as local media to ensure we're going with a local first mm. priority. Um, as part of a larger newspaper chain, we certainly have elements of regional or national scope, but it's our mandate to ensure that we're providing that local coverage because there are stories to be told. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are positive. Unfortunately, some of them are negative, but it's our job to report them. Um, from an unbiased perspective and to ensure we're providing fact-based information to mm -hmm. help tie what's happening in and around the community. And let's face it, sometimes the, the negative ones are the ones people really want to read anyway. But <laughs> what was it that I read recently about uh, somebody going through a drive-thru wearing no pants? I don't know. It's, uh, uh... <laughs> yeah, well, that's the beauty of sometimes not having to include a photo. That's, that's very true. Bruce, Bruce, what are your thoughts? Uh, your goals, your vision, the local media? Well, for us, we don't have the, uh, the corporate uh, tie-in, so we are hyper-local. Everything that appears in our paper is local only, uh, Chatham-Kent-based. There are some times where we may do a story or report a story that's outside the area, but it pertains to something that's taking place here. 
That's but uh, it's basically a hyperlocal feel, and it's delivering information, like you say, good and bad, mm-hmm. to the public to digest and to inform. Uh, there's it could be a feature article on uh, somebody that's doing something very uh, special in the community, or it could be a news story on council, or good or bad that's occurring. Tax hikes, people are always you know up in arms about uh, when that occurs. Gotcha. Uh, I want to mention, uh, and I didn't say this off the top, I also reached out to CBC to see if they're interested in coming out because we do have a uh, local, uh, the Windsor area covers Chatham, Kent, and Sarnia, uh, Lambton mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so uh, if they're listening, I did send you a message uh, just in case you go, go and you're writing that nasty email to me right now. I'm just letting you know. I did send you a message. Um, um, uh, so um, on local, on regional news, and um, one of the things that I have definitely seen changed over 15, 20 years is the, the change of going from sort of an hourly news cycle to just it's 24 hours a day. It's always on. Uh, how are you addressing that? How are you addressing that type of need to, to almost be basically always on? Mm-hmm. Uh, start with you, Bruce. Uh, well, uh, it's you say an hourly uh, news cycle, we're a weekly, so you could say, okay, it could be theoretically a weekly news cycle, but how do you deal with that when you you know your, your paper comes out once a week, and then what do you fill the gaps with as a, you know fire occurs, a robbery, something like that? I mean, that's the advent of social media, the advent of the internet, all that. You take advantage of that, and you can get the immediate news out in a very timely manner. Mm-hmm. 24-7, we don't really have the staff to do that. I don't think anybody here, you could even argue with any radio station, they can't do the full 24-7. There's world news that will pool through, sure. of course, in a 24-7 cycle, but you try to spread it out as much as you can, whether you're checking your emails in the evening and can quickly post something out, uh, either straight to social media or through your website and then onto social media. That's how we handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and similarly, I mean, we, we certainly don't have a 24-7 staff. Um, but as part of a network, we have the ability to feed that uh, information through our, our digital platforms. But most importantly is, while some of our papers may be daily, some of them are weekly, um, the news flows to all of our platforms mm-hmm. as, as quickly as we can get it there, uh, especially with our digital. Uh, and what may happen is a breaking story may hit the website, we may speak to it, and then we may write a more in-depth story as a follow-up mm. um, that might land in the paper. Um, but oftentimes you'll see articles that aren't necessarily carbon copy between platforms. Um, mm. In some cases they are, but we, we ensure that we're pushing out what is timely and, and critical as quickly as we can. We have staff working seven days a week, and it gives us the ability to ensure that we're pushing that information out and, and providing the coverage that people want. How do you maintain... That's one of the things that has really come to bother me is the word fake news, mm-hmm. but... I think it's sort of uh, uh, the creation of of trying to be first to news sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how are you both uh, maintaining maintaining internal internalistic je- integrity? Uh, words are hard sometimes, and I don't speak very well. <laughs> but 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 integrity in, in, within mm-hmm. within the news that's reported and within that sort of as- aspect. Um, yeah. So uh, if I may, um, integrity at the end of the day is is core to our um, place in the community. Without that, we don't have a product. Um, if, if we can't be truthful and, and do our due diligence to make sure that the facts we're printing or pushing online are as accurate as we can absolutely get, and we do our due diligence through follow-up, phone calls, emails, correspondence, mm-hmm. um, we have to do everything we can to ensure what we're talking about is on point. Otherwise, you know, we lose our credibility and, and our institutions have been around in some cases hundreds of years. Um, 
you know, our credibility in the community, our credibility with um, our readers, uh, local and abroad, uh, is all, you know, contingent on us doing our due diligence up front before something hits the media. Yeah, fact checking is is the, the paramount. I mean, you talk about the first to be you know published or you know in in uh, on the internet. I've seen a lot of times where people get the information out there, but their quest to be first is wrong. Yeah, people. We're talking about the death of Gordon Lightfoot. That was you know <laughs> Pat Burns when he was battling cancer before he passed away. People were reporting that he passed. Yeah, and we're talking not just fake news, but these are real media outlets that's goofed. By yeah. not doing the proper fact checking. Well, what was the phrase? Uh, my death has been greatly overrated, uh, or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, for, for the famous, yeah. Uh, looking at, uh, as I said, the letter from Pete um, over at uh, Blenheim News Tribune, he said 140 years. He's celebrating 140 years in business, and and that's where, um, like that, that's the sort of thing that. I look at some of these bloggers or some of these uh, non-journalistic folks out there who aren't doing that type of, of work uh, to, to fact-check things, and I think uh, it's such a shame. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really, it, it's frustrating. I find it very frustrating when mm-hmm. it's just, here's some information, here, here's a large diatribe that doesn't right. speak to the truth. Uh, and uh, so I appreciate that you've got people out there doing that and doing that great work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if I may as well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's also important beyond fact-checking is to remain impartial. Absolutely. You know, it, it's yeah. not our place to um, create clicks or do different things like that for the sake of it. Um, mm-hmm. The news should provide value in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, it's not for us to over-exaggerate or spin or, or play things against each other for the sake of eyeballs. And that's very true. I mean, the huge difference between fake news or directed news per se, like a blog, is it's a person's opinion that's filling up the bulk of the commentary, whereas a news story is he said, she said, this is where the information came from, and articulation and, and linking and attribution. That's the key. And if you're looking at something on the Internet and you're wondering if it's correct, if it's accurate, start to search around before you republish it, if you're you know, republishing a lie of a fabrication. Check to see if there you know, there's corroborating information out there, other news sources, mm-hmm. ones that you trust. I look that way rather than just say, "Oh, geez, that's an interesting meme." Let's just <laughs> post that, and then it's it's no, well, you're spreading you know falsities. It's one of the questions that uh, um, I'm not picking on any businesses out there, but I get it from time to time where they go, "We're the number one, or we're the biggest, or we have the most in the world, Canada." You pick a thing, and I'll say. Have you really looked into it? Is it really? Are you the? And uh, usually a little bit of digging. And they go, okay, well, we're the biggest in our minds. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that, that's fine. You can be the biggest in your minds. Uh, but uh, anyhow, um, I want to talk about the business model of, of, uh, that you've, um, you're both encountering. And I, you started off by saying you've slightly different business models. You know, you're um, working on one focus of, of local. You've got a, a larger chain behind. It's, it's, it's two unique business models. I think it's really fascinating and really useful uh, to have two different types of similar, uh, two types of different types of models, but still uh, providing content that's local. Um, we've seen huge changes in the past 20 years. I mean, I think of Craigslist, Kijiji, those sort of small one-offs that are um, picking bits and pieces of of what was in the paper. How have things shifted? How have things changed uh, for you? Um, Who wants to start with that one? So, um, you know, (laughs) one of the key words that that we toss around, uh, and it's probably something that impacts a lot of media, but in our space specifically, is the term disruption. 
disruption? Um, you know, we've been disrupted by initially back in the 90s, if you will, uh, in the early days of the internet, Kijiji. Yeah. That disrupted our classified business. Um, and then there were multiple things that happened. The, the advent of the internet itself was a massive disruption and it continues mm -hmm. to be so. And then you have social media and many other things. But our ability to navigate through that and evolve and adapt um, is, is what has been an ongoing challenge. And, you know, we're continually having to do that because technology, the media consumption habits of the public, um, the business as a whole continues to be disrupted by many different factors. Mm -hmm. But it's on us as business people to manage through that and continue to provide what our readers and our, also our advertisers who support us want and need from our platforms. Gotcha. Bruce, what are your, what are your thoughts? Well, it's very true. I mean, you're providing exactly what your readers want to read and, and need to read. You almost have to say, okay, this is what they want to read, but you also have to feed them what they need to help educate mm -hmm. them as well. Uh, and and it, it, same, we have to you know, think about the advertiser. You want to help promote local business, shop local, buy local. You want to encourage a healthy local community mm -hmm. because it's, it's good for everyone. In terms of the challenges and disruptions, as, as Aaron said, I mean, you wonder if you could be in a crystal ball or if a, a news executive from 20 years ago had a crystal ball and could say, what should I do? Here's the internet. I'm sure most everyone at a daily or larger broadcast news would handle things differently. I mean, let, let's face it. I, I don't think um, mainstream media knew how to address the internet. Then suddenly there's a massive advent of all this free news. Mm -hmm. And, and information, uh, I believe it was Craigslist that went to the San Francisco Chronicle and said, hey, do you want to get on board with this? And they basically said, no, mm. it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And do you think they'd like to reshape that idea? <laughs> Isn't that fun? Exactly. Mm. It's just how to address it now. You can't, you can't ignore the, the Internet. It's huge. It's, it's part of both of our businesses on a daily basis, yeah. like posting information to our websites and sharing it through social media to, to get eyeballs on it, help spread that information for the public. Absolutely. Well, what do you think of paywalls? What do you think of the, the whole paywall idea? I know that I think it's... I think the Windsor Star went to a paywall system, if I recall. I can't remember if they retracted it or not. But what do you think of, of, of using that? Because you're not using them either, either of you right now. Well, yeah, we're a free paper, so we wouldn't use a paywall because okay. the content is free to the public. But I'm a fan of paywalls personally from a daily newspaper, larger metro daily style. Okay. And I think that's one of the areas where corporate missed the boat so many years ago mm -hmm. is like, the content has value. Back when you had those big newsrooms and all those investigative reporters, where was that money coming from? Circulation. So that that was a monetized content, yeah. per se. And not directly, oh, the reporter's making money. It's because of what they're doing that earns the newspaper money. Yeah. And by handing it out for free, I think uh, globally there was a, a, a mistake held there. Mm. Mm -hmm. what do you so in, in terms of... Um, the paywalls themselves, many companies have experimented with different types. Yeah. Um, you know, Post Media has different versions of things in playing different markets. Again, trying to find that right fix to provide balance between ensuring that, you know, we're not inhibiting the content, but at the same time, helping sure, make sure we're paying the bills and continuing to have the ability to provide that content. And, you know, if you look at larger, you know, international products like the New York Times, much of what they do is behind a paywall. Yes. You know, but they're in a position where they can do that. Yeah. Um, many other community products, especially ones like ours, you know, we're, we're still trying to find that right fix that works to find balance between offering free content and um, content that might be behind a paywall that might be more of a premium model. 
That's fair. No, I and if there was a magic solution, I'm certainly would have just it would be out there already. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm curious as to see how that what that's going to play like over the next ten years, twenty years. Do do you, do you have? I mean, I hate to ask you what your insider thoughts, but mm -hmm. I'm going to ask. <laughs> what are your insider thoughts? Where do you think it's going to go? What do you think you, we're going to see in the next ten years uh, in terms of uh, um, how this can how this, this can continue forward? Uh, because you said the cat's out of the bag. Uh, mm -hmm. on, on that one, it's uh, people have certain expectations, but we're seeing. I'm going to just keep talking. I apologize. We're seeing things like uh, Disney Plus and Netflix and mm -hmm. these other subscription models becoming a little more prevalent in society, mm -hmm. uh, and people are starting to get used to that idea again of it's not just free. Uh, Hulu was free and now it's not mm -hmm. uh so those types of of of, of things are, are changing because people are recognizing there's value in the content mm -hmm. so where do, do you anticipate something changing in the next 10 years i think that there will be change okay but to say what that change will look like and how it approaches a market say like toronto versus a market like chatham kent yeah. um the dynamics of the population base the dynamics of the local media uh, it's not as hyper-fragmented here as it is, say, in Toronto. Sure. So there, you can't be the only one putting things behind a subscription model mm -hmm. when very similar content is available for free elsewhere. So I, it, there's no silver bullet, and there's no yeah. one brush paints all markets or communities. I think what it's going to have to be done is looked at from an analytical perspective, what makes sense, mm -hmm. and try it out and make sure that it doesn't further negatively impact our our newspapers and and our um, audience at the end of the day Bruce any thoughts on that one I, I know I'm just throwing <laughs> that one out of the industry <laughs> I, I think you're going to see more of a focus on on local because the way people can access national international news mm -hmm. uh, in a print version versus uh, online version it's it's the, the push is more towards immediacy the internet Okay, ooh, everyone's watching about the coronavirus. Where do you go? You go online, and if you've got a preferred site, whether it's CNN, CBC, people go there, and they find that information. They may follow up with more detailed information, either online at a daily paper or in the, the next edition, but they're going to get the snippet, the immediate information online. I think that'll only continue. In terms of a paywall, exactly what Aaron said, what happens in Metro Toronto, New York, etc., much different than what would happen in a smaller community such as Chatham-Kent. Yeah. I mean, you could look at uh, an ESPN style where they have some ESPN Plus or whatever you want to say that content, certain stories, certain features, certain writers hidden behind a paywall. But most of the content, if you can get it everywhere else, it's, it's free to digest. I guess the other thing about a paywall is then those are advertising, uh, say, along with the content, the advertisers wouldn't get those eyes, right? If uh, if it's only subscription based, mm -hmm. um, how so? How are you helping? I want to transition into the, the discussion about businesses. How are you helping local businesses, uh, or even regional businesses? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, how are you helping them in terms of uh, promotions, in terms of uh, advertising? Um, what's your model in that sort of sense? How are you helping out with that? Who wants to take on that one? I can start. Um, well, obviously, the first way to help local business is to get their information out to the public, get the eyeballs on their ads, so to speak, whether mm -hmm. it's in print, whether it's on online uh, options, whether they're scrolling down the side of our, uh, our web page or flipping through our paper. 
you want to get the eyeballs on the advertisements uh, to get, and encourage the reader to go visit those advertisers. Mm -hmm. Because again, buy local, shop local at all. It supports the healthy local economy that way. And that's the thing. And then you, you deal with uh, with businesses if they have something very interesting occurring. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, there are a few that have retired and other closures that have occurred recently here. Mm -hmm. You highlight that. You showcase that. But you showcase the openings, the key events that uh, businesses are doing, if especially if they're you know to helping a widespread section of the population. You want to share that good news. Yeah, I was, I was picking on both of your sites earlier today, mm -hmm. making some notes, uh, and uh, I saw uh, this is an article that would probably never be covered anywhere else other than locally. Uh, was about the the heart. Um, sculpture uh, the metal work that's been done over at the co to uh, to showcase uh, it was a lock heart so you can put locks on it and mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really cool like that would never be covered somewhere else so mm -hmm. uh, I think that that's great um, did you have a, a thoughts on yes that? absolutely so you know the, the the thing the way we approach it is you know echoing what Bruce was saying with regards to the local focus mm -hmm. is ensuring that we're doing everything we can to get the businesses in front of the people they want to be in front of, regardless of whether it's in paper or online. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, leveraging the concept of who do you want to be in front of and then building on a plan to help them get in front of those people, whether it's in the, the traditional print media, uh, in digital, whether it be on our website, um, leveraging solutions where we've perhaps helped them with um, Google search or social media advertising. Mm -hmm. A 360, you know, one-stop shop approach to help them connect the dots to all of their needs in that capacity. Um, and, and looking at it more, how can we help you? What are you trying to achieve? And and building a plan that fits that. And and that's something that, you know, when you're talking about um, the internet, there's a lot more that you can do than just your own backyard when mm -hmm. it comes to online. And, you know, when it comes to um, our regional, and we have sister products here in Windsor and in Sarnia and beyond. Mm -hmm. um, we have clients who in those markets want to reach the Chatham market and vice versa. So, you know, we, we build out plans that fit each client and, and their needs and budgets um, to ensure that they're reaching the right people for their particular service or product. Cool. One of the things I did, uh, as I said, I was looking on both of the sites uh, and uh, I noticed, uh, I want to get your thoughts on ad blockers. Mm -hmm. uh, because, so I went on, on your site, Bruce, and I didn't notice any ad blockers blocking anything. Uh, I saw all of the ads, at least I think I saw all of the ads, I couldn't tell. And then I jump over and uh, I think it was on Chatham Daily uh, mm -hmm. for, for that one. And uh, there's an entire section that was blocked out, but there was other ads that were not blocked out. Um, so I'll start with you because you had the one that was blocked out that I could easily tell. Mm -hmm. I mean, the ad blockers are a reality. Uh, in fact, I tried to figure out how to turn off the ad blocker on my, my device. It's not even a click anymore. It used to be an option that was yep. right there, really easy. Right. How are you How are you, you taking on that type of, of challenge? So there's a few different ways of slicing that one. And it's, without seeing what you saw, sure. I couldn't yeah. really say because it depends on what browser you're using, what plugin you're using, if you're using one at all. Um, We're also on a corporate network and they may be blocked by our IT. I right. don't know. I, I... Right. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Chances are no with regards to that simply because one of the steps we take as a company mm -hmm. is we scrutinize every. Nothing makes it onto our network that is, let's call it, um, malware or Ill that, illegitimate. Okay. Like we, we work very closely with Google who, who um, is uh, our, our ad servers with the, the Google ad server okay. network. Um, everything flows through their back-end system. And there are a lot of checks and balances to 
ensure that things like that don't make it to our network where it would be flagged as an issue, if mm -hmm. you will. Now, we also have some ads that, um, because we do support uh, industries like the cannabis industry, for example, which are um, leveraging what's called age gating. Oh, so yes. it may not show you an ad. You may see a gray box and it might say, please verify you are above 19. Um, to ensure you're not seeing content that is not intended for somebody below a certain age range. That's right. So it's not really an ad blocking. It's more, like I say, an age gating yeah. scenario for that particular industry. Um, but the, the key thing is for us, um, based on the stats we've seen on our network nationally, um, the majority of our campaigns are not significantly impacted or impacted at all in some cases okay. by ad blockers. Um, the campaigns we run for our clients serve their ads serve we have stats that show that mm -hmm. and the ad blockers would if they were blocking the ads they wouldn't show and we wouldn't be having our campaigns run well, so yeah <laughs> we are experiencing those issues so we can say with confidence that they're out there but the vast majority of people based on the numbers we see mm -hmm. is it impacting our local advertisers or even our, our regional and national advertisers gotcha and bruce have you encountered any challenges with that or have you had to change models a little not, bit not really we've we've augmented i mean we have some google adsense that's on there but the mm -hmm. vast majority is local plus uh it's augmented somewhat with the ocna there's uh, some material that flows through from the Ontario Community Newspaper Association okay. through gotcha. their ad reach program. And uh, we, we run that way. It's filtered through the OCNA, which is, you know, it's, it's the overseeing body basically for community newspapers in the, in the province. Uh, I can see, you know, I hate pop-up ads personally. Oh, those yes. are just spam, spam, mm -hmm. spam, and more spam. Yeah, if, if either of that happened to no, me today, I'd be yeah, giving you yeah, a lot yeah, of grief. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we don't allow that kind of advertising on our websites for that exact reason. It's uh, Sorry to jump no, no, in. Exactly. It's, it's very intrusive, and yeah. um, most, let's call it, legitimate media stay away from that because they don't want to annoy their readers. Thank you, both of you, for not doing that. It, because it was really popular. It was really popular. It was really common to do mm -hmm. years ago. But and now they use it's clickbait on social media that takes you over to some place and just spams a whole bunch of advertising yeah. all over the place, mm -hmm. and you're wondering why you're there. Yep. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. I, that's a really good point. I haven't I have forgotten all about the pop-ups? That's mm -hmm. not show me. If I could add <laughs> one more thing to that yeah. as well, I mean, at the end of the day, we aren't doing our readers a service to highlight that point if yeah. we are making it a frustrating experience for them to visit our websites we're going to lose that audience yeah more importantly if we aren't helping our local advertisers be seen mm -hmm. and be seen in a way where they're reaching the people they want to reach locally mm -hmm. we're also doing them a disservice so it's in all of our collective best interest mm -hmm. to make it as a good experience for the reader as much as it is for the people who want to click on the ads or read the message and, and you know act on that message and buy local yep that's fair um, so I've recently run a, um, I was an ad for some of the events we've had going on uh, in both of the publications and uh, had great response. For those who are curious, we had really good response. Uh, thanks for registering for our events. By the way, there's lots on investck.ca. Um, <laughs> get, a, get a plug in there. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, but so we ran, uh, it was actually the, the same ad duplicated, mm -hmm. Brandon on both, and uh, uh, we had great, as I said, great results for that, uh, especially the tax one. And this is going to go up tomorrow. So they had tax ones tonight. So apologies if you are just getting this. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, yeah, as soon as we ran the ads, we actually saw a bump in mm -hmm. in terms of uh, the number of people registered, which was is is telling that that's an audience that we had been running um, 
maybe two days at that point on social media a little bit, uh, just sort of letting people know about what was going on. But as soon as we ran it in the paper, it was a different story. Uh, mm -hmm. We saw an influx, and that was, mm -hmm. uh, I can't say it was to either of you. All I can say is we ran it on both of your publications, mm -hmm. and it yeah. worked. So yeah. thank you. Shared um, impact. <laughs> shared impact. Uh, and... Um, um, yeah, so it was that that was a, a great story. I just mm -hmm. want to relay that as an example of something that worked out well for us mm -hmm. with that type of content. And if I could add a point to that, I sure. think that it's it's one of the things that we know with digital marketing mm -hmm. is it's highly measurable. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that what you just described is not something that is a, a new phenomenon. Mm -hmm. um, and and it speaks to the value of having a presence in a printed product because we are able to see from talking to our customers and we look at their reports, when they run an ad in print, there is a noticeable uptick yeah. in their web traffic shortly after that paper hits the street, whether it's a daily or a weekly, whatever. And you know the value of being in both spaces. Uh, and that eyeballs are looking here, and it's causing a result on the smart device or the tablet or whatever. You know? I was, uh, so we had a so, uh, session on analytics last week. Uh, in Wallaceburg, and that was exactly one of the points that was brought up by the Digital Service Squad is to say, first off, please at least look at your analytics, but point two is look at what you're doing in terms of print media, look what you're doing in terms of radio, in terms of all these different things, mm -hmm. and see if you can identify those, those bumps so that you know what's working, what's hitting an audience, what isn't, mm -hmm. or what you might need to change because maybe the message wasn't the right message. So, Because mm -hmm. um, uh, there's been discussion about what is David Digital Service Squad out there talking about. And what they're talking about is taking bricks and mortar and just helping them make sure that they've got access to tools that everybody else has access to mm -hmm. uh, and understanding the impacts of them, uh, such as the impacts of using um, uh, print media. Uh, or online media uh, uh, for your websites, right? So that they can yeah. understand it. Well, newspapers remain a trusted news source. And with uh, the diversification of, and exposure of where news comes from, you're like, okay, this paper, you know, we're six and a half years old. The daily is 100 plus. Yeah. But it, its roots were committed to delivering content. Yeah. And by commit, because every week every, or every few days of the week, it's there's someone a, a press is firing up. That's a real tangible dollar coming out there, rather than somebody in their mother's basement in a bathroom clicking a few you know keystrokes and then yeah. posting it online. We're committed to providing you know local accurate news, and uh, the advertisers respect that. They know that that brings eyeballs if their ads are placed strategically around the, the content. Mm -hmm. It brings eyeballs under their ads, and it helps create the call to action, so to speak. It's perfect. I mean, when you look online, there's all, there's that to some extent on websites for sure, news websites. And then you incorporate social media. I look at social media advertising as more billboarding. It's mm -hmm. like as you're driving by, it's like, okay, now it's in my mind. Uh, you know, online, if you're reading the, the story, you expect the, the advertisements around uh, the, you know, the daily news site or our voice site. And it's like you see there and you can click for more information. You're more inclined to make that click there than you are through social media. Mm -hmm. Again, because you're surfing for something completely different. What, what's, my, what's my friend up to? What's my mother doing? What's my child doing? Yeah. Things like that. Whereas here, you're expecting to see advertising because they know it pays their bills. Yeah, <laughs> that's. And it's not like true. it's an you know it's an interference in their experience. Yes. Whereas yeah. in social media, when you see a sponsored link, you're like, what the heck is that doing there? Yeah, exactly. No, mm -hmm. that's that's very fair. Um, I'm I'm all out of questions. Uh, believe it or not, we've been a good twenty minutes, half an hour, and chatting. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, 
start with you, Aaron, if you sure, want. I, I and... just, li again, like to reiterate the uh, importance that all local media brings to the community. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that we all play a role collectively in helping make a difference for the readers, for the community, for the advertisers that support us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, to understand that we're here to continue to do our best for the community, for our advertisers, uh, and, and ensure that we are living up to the expectations on us and, and keeping what we do at the forefront of being relevant and making a difference. Perfect. Bruce, what do you Yeah, thoughts? very true. I mean, uh, it's all about the reader. It's all about the advertiser in terms of meshing that information flow for them and to them. Right, it's it's a back and forth, and it's 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 necessary for sharing the news. It's necessary for sharing the advertisers' information. It's necessary for helping to build the community. I mean, let's let's face it. If you're not getting information, if you're someone who's living in an apartment or owns a house here, and you don't care about property taxes, you just pay that every three months, sign a check off, and and move on. What you're not invested in your community, you know, mentally, really. You're, it's it's scary if someone's in that situation. Oh, I don't yeah. care where my property taxes go. I don't care if uh, the school buses are running. I don't care if, uh, you know, a, a business says they're going to locate here, hasn't located here, or if there've been layoffs at another business. Mm -hmm. You want to know about that because it impacts you. It doesn't matter what you do if if you run a clothing business if the economy is going bad and there are job losses it may it'll impact you There's absolutely definitely fewer people with disposable income as a result you need to know that you need to plan for that yeah no that's fair and quick question do you know when the soup nazi's coming back again i don't know, uh, you don't know. they worked for years <laughs> to get him here really nice guy by the way oh that's really good. nice guy that's good to know well thank you both for being here i really it's appreciate it thank you i'm uh, i'll make sure to uh, tag uh, in in there the website you're both both of your websites and contacts mm -hmm. and everything. But uh, yeah, no, this, this was fantastic. I, uh, uh, we're trying to get out and talk to everyone. So last week I had a discussion with um, uh, Dave over at uh, Instaprint to talk a bit about uh, print, uh, a different type of print, mm -hmm. um, as well as all the wonderful things he's going on. So we're trying to trying to reach out to everyone in the community and, mm -hmm. and discuss the, the different types of media options. Because I'll tell you, the number one question we get from businesses is, how do I do my marketing? Mm -hmm. uh, and we're not going to recommend one place over another, but we will say our preference is to find somebody local. Absolutely. Uh, and that's that's our, our number one goal is to say, hey, find a, a, a local solution for what you're looking for. Um, even if it's local and you're, you're going international, find somebody who can help you out on that scale. Uh, because, well, we grow for the world and we have great products that go everywhere, which is, which is mm -hmm. awesome. So... Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate you coming Thank in. You. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks, Bruce. And thank you for watching.